Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Pick Up Your Sticks podcast, hosted by Walker Neer and Brett Lindley, where we talk about why gaming matters. Uh, this series is actually all about the Blizzard different IPs, and we're going to kick it off talking about StarCraft, which is a, a franchise that Brett and I have played for most of our lives and still have a, a strong affinity for to this day. Yeah, it's been a it's been a good ride. It's been a real good ride. StarCraft's definitely it, even up to today. I have been consistently recently watching a bunch of starcraft 2 stuff so yeah awesome well i'm really excited to jump into it here we go okay so we want to jump in talking about starcraft uh, i guess we'll start where it kind of all began which is starcraft one um i actually didn't play this at launch, I was introduced to it by a friend when I got into high school, and by that time, Brood War was already out. Oh yeah, um, where did yeah. you where did you jump in? I that? started right at the beginning. I'm I think my dad may have picked this one up. So I mean, we had I was already kind of a Blizzard fanboy by this point. Like I mm. played Warcraft two. Um, I kind of disliked. I don't know. If, I don't remember the release date in Warcraft three. I'd have to look that up. But Starcraft was 1998, March 30th, 1998. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was not quite. That was you know early high school for me, mm-hmm. um, and I, I was just immediately in. Of course, it was high tech sci fi. I was I was game on. I was on with the original Starcraft. Brood War didn't take very long to come out afterwards though. So, um, but I, I was in on both. I was in on the ground floor with Starcraft for sure. Yeah, for me. So I, I guess actually it was probably my first introduction to Blizzard because I had not played. Warcraft. I think oh, I'd really? heard of it. Yeah, but I never I never really got into Warcraft one or two. And I don't know if I, I don't Diablo know where Diablo was before. I think Diablo was before Starcraft. So I Diablo. didn't play Diablo one either. I saw oh, it wow. played okay. once, but um but yeah, I don't know. I just I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I was I, I, I did, was I didn't know what I was missing out on. <laughs> <laughs> I was huge into Starcraft because I mean it's just it was Really, every not every a few RTSs had tried, but almost every RTS prior to StarCraft was mostly treated like a big giant chess game, where both sides had, if not the same exact units, then really close. Like, you know, it, it, even Command and Conquer and stuff, you had different units, but you generally had like your two different a, a light and a heavy tank, a light and a heavy infantry, like that type of stuff. And StarCraft was three completely different races that played in completely different ways right and it just it it was there was there were a few other games there was one that had like four different races that played differently but it didn't get a lot of traction and and starcraft actually you know blizzard was already getting pretty decently big by that point as a, a reputable company and and they were just able to to blow the gates off of it yeah um so i had i had played Command and Conquer Red Alert was the very first RTS I ever played. Okay. And and I was shocked upon seeing that <laughs> because I <laughs> I'd played like Civilization and turn-based strategy games which are cool but graphically completely unsatisfying, you right. know. Um and so to the fact in, in a Command and Conquer that I could see a little rifleman run across the ground and a helicopter fly over and shoot him I was, you know, I was in heaven. His second best uh, next to the Wilhelm scream is probably the infantry death <laughs> scream. <It's> like, <laughs> yes, I, I have, 
I have access to the original Red Alert again through uh, Origin on PC now, and I actually oh, played nice. it within the last six months. And yeah, the screams are pretty hilarious. Yep. I played a. <laughs> they did an open RA, like an open source version of Red Alert, for a little bit that I oh nice. with. Yeah, but, huh. um, but so yeah, you so, didn't, so you started with Brood War then. Basically, I mean, and I didn't understand, you know, what that meant. You know what right. I mean? I, I just, to me, it was just StarCraft. And now looking back, I know that it was when Brood War had come out. But, um, I but think, yeah. I think the other huge thing that probably really helped StarCraft's success was the spawn a disc. Like, yes. Where you could basically give anybody a copy of the game. It was multiplayer only. But that was where, you know, especially in high school and stuff, that's where most of the fun is for a lot of people. I mean, I'm a lore whore, but I, I get where that's not where everybody wants to go. But being able to just, it was shareware, which had died off by that point. By 1998, shareware was dead. Like, CDs killed shareware. Yeah. And and had, being able to give not just a demo disc, but a full multiplayer version of the game, I think really, I probably owned... Over the course of my life, I've rebought StarCraft at least three or four times. And yeah, I don't know how my friends did it, but they maybe they just had found them, or, or I don't know. But either way, back then it was CD keys, but you didn't register online, so right. there was no yeah. check in. And and I know it's you know <laughs> frowned it's upon taboo. or whatever, but whatever. We were fourteen, <laughs> so get out of here. Um, but anyway, so we, uh, yeah, we we just shared the CDs and and people just gave me CD keys that worked, and so we all were able to play together. I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how that I mean, happened. I've, I've bought StarCraft at least four times. I've registered probably a dozen keys. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, StarCraft. So you know, Red Alert was that was again the kind of the first RTS experience, and and, and also the way that they tell the story in, in red alert is kind of through, uh, it's kind of campy. I mean, it's kind of serious and dark, but it's also kind of like absurd. Right. Um, and Starcraft, that was the thing that grabbed me right away was how dark, frankly it is. I mean, it, it's, Oh it, yeah. There's the, some the really Starcraft, heavy stuff. <laughs> yeah. As even as like a, a mid teenager, I don't know. I did 98, but yeah. like, I mean, I graduated in 03, but I, I wasn't like a big horror movie buff or anything. So maybe that had something to do with it. But it, it there were some parts where I was like the the sound of the overmind and like just the voicing of the well, units, there's like really, there's I don't a, know, it threw me off. Yeah, no, I agree there's a scene where there's one of the cutscenes where like the Marine, the Marines are like driving out somewhere or something and a hydralisk pops out and attacks them. You remember that? <laughs> that scene has the funniest See, for me, though, that's also one of the funniest scenes where you want to talk oh. about, like, humor versus, like, seriousness. Because it is very serious and very dark, and that scene gets dark by the end. But the thing that gets me every time is that the two that the two guys in the car are, like, hillbillies. And they, oh, right. they, they wreck their car, and they're like, what we just hit? Like, oh, that's a Zergland. It's a smaller type of Zerg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every time. Just yes. like redneck future humans was something that I was not prepared for. That the Terrans are all like wild right. west sci-fi guys. Like, Right. Why are the Terrans all from Texas? Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
No, I think that's fair. Well, so so Nick, uh, sorry. Oh, I, that was the good. line. No, it's it's you hit some poor feller's dog, Sarge. That's oh. the line that he says, <laughs> and it's like that's not a dog, that's a Zergling. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <Sorry. laughs> no, you're good. So, uh, uh, the buddy of mine who introduced me to um, to StarCraft, I, I remember it was a couple years later into high school, so probably 2000, 2001, and he had a magazine or something that had a an order form where you could order the StarCraft movie from Blizzard. And we were like, oh my God, I can't believe they made a movie. Yes, let's get it. So, I mean, and it was probably $10 or something, right. but either way he paid it and ordered it and we get the CD <laughs> and we're so excited and we put it into the computer and it's literally just all of the cutscenes spliced oh together. That's it. <laughs> Is it <was laughs> Which it, we had like, already seen was all it of them. official licensed product? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Which to their credit, and now I, I don't have the magazine. It probably, it probably was, you know, in some way explicit about what it actually All was. Right. And we just didn't Maybe understand. Not, yeah. Like, I mean, you'd expect that nowadays on YouTube when you go look for X right. game movie, you get all their cutscenes, but. Right. But it was, I mean, A, we'd already seen all the cutscenes, and B, it was like 20 minutes of content. Right, right. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, so in, in Red Alert, I played a little bit online but just against like some local people where we would like literally dial into right. one another's computer. Um, and Starcraft was the first time that I ever saw online, like ladder multiplayer in, you know, and participated in it in an RTS. Right. Um, did you ever jump into that at all? So I don't think I laddered much in Starcraft. Um, I definitely played a ton at land parties though, like uh. eight, eight player, Big Game Hunters, Infinite Money Maps, where <laughs> my I'll never forget the one where I end up being like one of the first players to get attacked and like knocked out. Mm. But I snuck one probe out because I guess we were playing like a seven player game instead of an eight or something. I may have been the second player to get knocked out. And I snuck a probe. I was I used I used to main Protoss in the original StarCraft. Um now I'm Zerg. But I snuck a probe out into the other the first player that had died's base. And rebuilt my base there. And I had just assumed that I was going to die, right? I was like, mm -hmm. my economy's wrecked. Everybody else is getting carriers and battleships. I'm going to be dead. So as a joke, and it's also like 3 o'clock in the morning and like 14 Mountain Dews in. And I had decided to just fill up the entire area of my base with photon cannons. Like, mm. I may die, but you're going to have to waste a lot of resources to kill me. Or a lot of time. <laughs> Like, I'm right. going to make it a pain, and I'm not going to leave the game until the bitter end. Right. Um, I, we ended up, near the end of that game, I think I allied with one other person, and then had got such a ridiculous economy because I'd been left alone almost the entire game. People forgot about me. That I took over my original base, so I had two bases, and literally just had an infinite, like I set my rally point in my opponent's base and set nothing but Dragoons. And just <laughs> infinite Dragoons, like 200 pop cap at a time cranking out from two bases streaming into my opponent's base one at a time dying because of their terrible pathing and probably one of my best starcraft original starcraft memories was that <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah i um i remember so i played a, a, a tiny about a, a amount of ladder uh, my other friends that played had done that some so they were you know trying to get me into it um and I, all i my one buddy taught me a dark templar rush and 
that was the only move I knew. So it was a super cheesy strategy. And if I didn't win off of that within the first, you know, five minutes of the match or whatever, I would lose because I, right. I was not actually good at the game. I did um, also play some. I do think I, did, I laddered a little bit. I didn't ladder much, but I do remember learning like the Terran Supply Depot wall. And, mm. and doing that and winning a few games because I could wall off my base and float my buildings and stuff. But I didn't yeah. ladder seriously at all until StarCraft II. Right, yeah. Well, I played a lot of ladder in StarCraft II, which we'll get to, but I don't know if <laughs> anyone could ever call it seriously based on I, the I results. Guess I, wasn't very, I wasn't very serious either. <laughs> I always want to be. I think I, I could. I actually think that I could be pretty good at StarCraft ladder. Um but I just don't want to dedicate that kind of time to it. It's a slog, man. It it's really a slog. is. It's hard. You gotta, you gotta just go. But, um, but yeah, it, I don't know. Brood War, StarCraft One and Brood War. Even though I didn't have a a really deep RTS background, I mean, again, you know, Red Alert was really the only thing I'd played prior to that. It immediately kind of just felt, and and this is not my own sentiment. <laughs> this is the, the sentiment of the world. I would say generally that. It just kind of was like the standard for what an RTS is. Um, and I think StarCraft has carried that mantle through to, to now, to 2019. Yeah, you know? no, I um, agree. I think there's there's other companies that have done pieces better. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that like the Supreme Annihilation games came out with the first dual monitor support and the first mm -hmm. fully zoomable map and campaigns mm -hmm. where you didn't have to rebuild your base every game. But there was so many other pieces that just weren't polished enough. Like that pathing. <laughs> well, the pathing and even to some extent, the graphics, the story, like Starcraft nailed it on all fronts. I mean, the first game, like the, it, the first game, the, the Protoss win, like the weird alien race wins. So it's not human centric. The second brood war, the Zerg, the bad guys win. Like mm -hmm. this, Kerrigan takes over and it's just done. And that right in most traditional media, that doesn't happen. Like right. screw what character is going to live. I mean, we're only now getting to the time with like game of Thrones where we can reliably kill off main characters and say that just cause you're an actor doesn't mean that your character has plot armor. But like Starcraft was kind of doing that where like the bad guys won and they won for like a decade <laughs> before well, then... Starcraft two came out. And, and I mean, we'll talk about StarCraft two more, you know, certainly, but I will say that that was actually one thing that I didn't like in the transition from the original StarCraft to StarCraft two was that to your point, StarCraft one was a really different story and a very dark story. And it wasn't a, the hero comes home and everyone's happy, you know, <laughs> it was, right. it was messed up and Kerrigan was terrifying. Oh yeah. No, she was um, the scariest thing. Well, I, but with every reason. Like right. she was left to die. Yep. Like, and then, I mean, even, even in the original, like the ending is not a glorious win. Like Tassadar sacrifices himself and a whole bunch of people to ram a carrier into the overmind to like, try to stop it. Which is their own planet at that yeah, point. Yeah. <laughs> on, on their own planet, on their home planet, because their home planet is just falling. Like it yeah. is a dark and even though it's like we think we've stopped it, but we're not sure. And I mean, in fact, they didn't because they didn't know about Kerrigan as yeah. you go into. I mean, that's just the first, you know, intro missions is, you know, you know, the first, I guess, main ending in regular Starcraft. And then you go on to Zerg, which introduced Kerrigan. But I mean, 
like even that ending, even the ending of the original StarCraft is dark. Yeah, it's a victory, I guess, question mark. And then Brood War <laughs> is just no, the universe is doomed. Everyone's dead. The, right. All all the armies of all of the races of everything thrown against Kerrigan and you all lose. Right. Yeah. Um and well yeah, and 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 then you go into two and I don't know, it just kind of feels like a Disney experience or something where like and that's not entirely fair it's not that i mean i i mean it's hard it's, to, it's hard to talk about the story of one without talking about the story of two so i i mean right we can go in that direction i I'm yeah yeah no I, I i'm not even trying to avoid the direction as much as just say like just generally the the way that two kind of plays out is a much more kumbaya between all the races i think and that's because i don't like that i so and i i can't speak i don't have the data to be able to speak eloquently on it but i feel like the audience of starcraft one was probably more uh like higher up the age range like probably mm-hmm. closer to like the 20 to 25 was probably the main market or 18 to 25 whatever and then like wow happens between starcraft and starcraft 2 yeah and that age range drops a lot and yeah. there is a lot more their market shifts and so i mean yeah it sucks that they they are, you know, taking that and running with it to make all of the money in the world. But I understand that if they want to make all the money, that they've got to, you know, cater to their audience. And if they only catered to the StarCraft one players, well, another ten years on top of that, and we were all almost thirty. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. So don't get me wrong; I would have loved to have seen that dark, intense story carry through. I do feel like the story of StarCraft two, it goes back and forth. Like, I, I both loved and hated the StarCraft II storyline. I loved sections of it, but I hated, I guess, like you said, the presentation was a little bit more campy, a little bit more... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, um, it's not that there's no grit to StarCraft II's story, because no, there, is. there is. It's just that, I don't know. Like, it, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how else to describe it other than to, <laughs> than to say it's Disney or something, but... But Warcraft really is, you're right, that is actually what it feels like because World of Warcraft does that constantly where it introduces right. these really high stake scenarios that then get resolved in ways that are... Do SX Machina kind of like, yeah. oh, this, the world is going to end, but the solution is right next door and we just need one hero to go get it. Right. Like, oh, and that hero needs a friend from his camp of enemies. Right. And now they band together. And yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, despite all that, again, you know, Brood War story, awesome. Brood War gameplay mechanics, really cool. It had, it had the, the micro stuff in it, but not nearly to the level that they introduce in StarCraft 2, right? right? Like no, StarCraft 2. A insane amount of micro. Yeah. <laughs> um, Although some of it has changed, like it has oh, uh, dramatically for both better and worse in StarCraft Two, like just yeah. from Wings of Liberty to current, like oh huge changes and and not to get into all of those, but like I I wanted to play Zerg it, when StarCraft Two released because I had kind of switched races over the ten years, um, mm-hmm. but I couldn't inject Larva to save my life, like keep <laughs> it on top of that impossible yeah that's i mean you just and, it literally it turns into like you have to just 
on every like every five seconds you go back to the queen or whatever the time eight seconds whatever the interval is like you just have to routine it and if you don't you will you will lose yeah and now you can stack injections oh wow it's yeah yeah that was a huge change is that you can stack multiple injections on (laughs) a single hatchery I think I don't know what the limit is, but it's like five or ten or something like that. So you can just spray, 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 and then walk away. And it's so if you small up, if you build up a pool of energy with the queen, then that you're not you're not hosing yourself because you can just dump it all back. Yeah, I mean it's still more efficient to you know keep up on it. But also, if you have two queens, they can both inject a hatchery two or three times and then walk away and go do creep stuff. Mm-hmm. or defend a base and you're not quote unquote missing your injections so yeah but yeah to your point earlier about also just the the differences in the races like it is so cool how like Terran has no sort of building limitation you can build anything anywhere as long as your worker can get there and then with with protoss obviously you have to have the the pylon or some sort of power source and then with zerg i think the creep is one of the coolest ideas for a strategy game that I've ever seen because it it doesn't hurt you as the opponent, but it helps the Zerg move faster and it provides infinite map vision. Right. (laughs) If the creep is there and you can't build over it. Exactly. You can block your opponents from being able to build. And Mm -hmm. yeah. And I definitely like the way Starcraft two does it over one. Like while in Starcraft one, the creep colonies were required to both like move your creep around and to evolve into your defensive structures. So you had a line of defenses as you built out just by the general nature of having the creep colonies. I love the creep tumors so much more. Like it's, it's so much less to manage. They're smaller and, and they also spawn themselves. So I'm pretty good with those. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that, uh, I I think that, Honestly, I would say mechanics wise, you know, again, I, I kind of complained about the the story and the way that I didn't like how that evolved. But as far as gameplay mechanics, I think that Starcraft 2 is an improvement over one in literally every way. There's nothing that I, I I've gone back and played Brood War, you know, since one came out. Right. And there's nothing <clears throat> in it that I'm like, ah, I wish Starcraft 2 had this instead. No, um, I agree. I think even even like just the lore and the advancement of a lot of things like. I can't really, I guess it's not technically gameplay wise. I think the only thing that still makes me mad is that they didn't really just bring back the Reaver. Like, yeah, that is like the disruptor is basically the Reaver, but like make it look like a Reaver that's rolled up. Don't make it look like its own thing. Like (laughs) just call it the Reaver and, and change it and give me a one scene animation, like a siege tank of it, like balling up and hovering or something like, I don't care. Like, right that's right. just it was such a good unit it was god i hated reaver play but yeah. it was so unique it was you didn't there i don't can't really think of any other rts at that time even in starcraft one other than like making a nuclear missile which basically ended your opponent once you got one off that you had to invest additional resources into a single unit to get it to do stuff mm-hmm. and like starcraft had the carrier and the reaver and I mean, the vulture was limited to three spider mines. Yeah, and you could never make more, which was really weird, you know. Well, but, and, and the battle cruiser saving up energy for the Yamato gun right, is kind of yeah. that in some way. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I agree that StarCraft II does basically everything better in spades. Mm-hmm. Also, even now, I mean, it. you know, it's funny because when I think of StarCraft II, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty recent. It came out in 2010. Right, <laughs> right. I <laughs> it's, definitely... it's almost nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but despite that, I think it actually still looks really good. Oh, I mean, yeah. No, it's still, I mean, especially with all the new skin packs that they're releasing, even though they're ridiculously expensive, if you don't like catch it on a deal, <laughs> an uh, Amazon Prime thing, if you don't, if you don't get it through Amazon Prime, you're looking at almost the cost of the full game just to get the skin right. pack, which, yeah, whatever. it's but, a Starcraft two is, you know, definitely waned in popularity uh, as a, you know, as a, the, a top, esports game i mean certainly it's still played but it kind of got ran out of the gym by mobas oh, right um league of legends you know probably most of all um and, and it's something that i wish the thing is is that and i don't know when league of legends came out it probably came out in 09 or something but whatever league of legends didn't reach its its popularity you know main stage i don't want to say pinnacle because i don't know when it was at its peak and maybe that's even now um but but League of Legends became kind of a household name, if you will, a few years after StarCraft II came out. Right. And and League is free. So if your buddies are playing it, that's really there's no barrier to entry. Right. And and I almost wish that StarCraft would have StarCraft II, I, I mean, would have came out after MOBAs had become that, because I wonder if they could have done a different monetization. I mean, now they've done it. I mean, now you can play the multiplayer for free of right. StarCraft two. Um, but they didn't do that until a couple of years but ago. It, and by that. You're saying like you use like a more free to play style monetization policy on it. And I just wish at launch, they would have made the multiplayer free. So right. that way everyone could have got in because I had a bunch of friends that I would have liked to have play, but they didn't want to buy it. Right. So, no, I agree, um, and just pay for the campaign separately as a DLC pack if you want to keep playing or whatever. Which is what they do now, right? I mean, that's right. that's how it's set up now. So, um, I think that would have been I think that would have been better for the overall life of the game. You know, people don't think of MOBAs and RTSs as being similar genres, but they are. They're not in in a lot of ways, but as far as what you're actually doing, you're looking at an isometric view and controlling units or in a mobits, you know, it's one, but there's a lot of micro and a lot of resource management and a ton of map awareness has to be present. Yep. And it it's a lot of the same skills that go into playing them. Um, and, and personally, I think that RTS should be more popular. No, I <laughs> than, agree. I think than MOBAs, I think, you know, and, and even with, so, I mean, I think that MOBAs and RTSs, you know, I agree that they share the same space. And I think that there's probably a similar popularity between them. Um, maybe I'm just biased. Uh, but at least, granted, StarCraft is really the only RTS engaging in the esports kind of scene as far as an RTS, where you've got, I mean, while League of Legends was definitely the biggest, uh, you know, Dota 2 was up there in competition and it spawned the hero shooter genre, which is now, you know, also pretty active in that space, which turned into mm-hmm. the, what is it now, the Battle Royale genre. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I'm not sure if I had a point going into that other than I think that, I yeah, I agree. I want more RTSs in the esports scene. I think it's a, well, it's, 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 a really intense game of 
very high calculated chess only you don't get to see the you don't get to see what your opponent's side of the chessboard looks like mm-hmm yeah, well, and I think that, and you know, it makes sense because MOBAs were born out of RTS, right? I mean, MOBAs were, <laughs> right. were I don't, I can't think of the word right now, but the the game creator that exists within the the RTSs. Well, know, the, the map maker of Warcraft 3. Spawn. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yes, thank you. Map maker was what I was <laughs> searching for. <laughs> um, so actually, I'm completely jumping off of my thought, and I, I recognize that. Um, I thought when they announced StarCraft 2... And they announced the StarCraft II map maker and said, we're literally giving you all of the assets and you can make any kind of game you want. I thought that was going to revolutionize gaming. I thought that was going to be this huge thing where people were just creating. And people did try some ambitious projects. Um, like, I think there's even a StarCraft MMO in the StarCraft II arcade that oh, you can wow. play, or at least there was for a while. Um, yeah. But it, it it didn't it didn't. No, I agree. And on top all. of that, they offered like make your own assets. And yeah. I was like, oh man, because they showed some stuff of like buildings that didn't ever get used in StarCraft, but that they were like, we're just gonna give you all the concept art that we had too, and here you go. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my god, this is insane. Like they're giving you campaign assets and stuff. Like I thought it was gonna be huge too. And I I don't know like there are other games that the modding community would crap their pants if they gave like if skyrim supported modding in that way like not only do we love and support mods but here is a built-in skyrim editor using the tools that we use to make skyrim with like i mean i think the mod community would collectively implode well yeah in skyrim you can make a ton of stuff but i've never seen someone make a skyrim that plays like a top it just down changes shooter. fundamentally. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. how it plays. Um, so to kind of circle back to what I was on, on the mobile point I was at earlier, there, a big reason that I, it's strange to me that MOBAs are, I would argue more popular than RTS and they're, you know, Starcraft's not the only RTS in the competitive scene. Um, Company of Heroes 2 is actually still played on a competitive oh, really? stage. Now, to be fair, it it's dwarfed by Starcraft, right. which I would argue is dwarfed by League of Legends and, and Dota That's 2. Um, but the thing that, that is true about both genres is, as we've been talking about, they take an enormous amount of commitment to be any good at. And and in, a, in an RTS, if you spend all of your time mastering it, then when you go play, the outcome is fully your responsibility. Whether you win or lose, you either were better or you were worse, and that was it. Right. And the MOBAs are all team games, and so you you st- they require just as much commitment to being good. I would say almost at- more because you have to. You can't just train by yourself. You yeah, have to well, train with four other people, so you have to like, like I mean, granted, StarCraft training would, is eight hours a day, you know, seven days a week, but at least it's you know if you need a day off you can take that day off but with a moba like if you need to go to a doctor you're screwing your whole team well and that's exactly my point is assuming that you could train in a vacuum which you're right on a moba you really you really can't because you it, it is dependent on a team but like you know compare it to a team sport like basketball like i can practice individual skills at basketball well, yeah and pr- improve significantly as a player without working with a team 
and it's the same kind of thing though in a MOBA where it's like you might practice on your own a bunch, and I guess it really is just like team sports at large, but but you're you're dependent on the other people performing well. And so I and maybe that's because I've just never joined online communities and found a, a team of strangers like that to play with. So for me, it's like if I'm playing a MOBA. I'm playing with randoms largely, and maybe I have one friend that will play with me. Right. But generally, it's it's randoms, and it's so frustrating to me because why would why would you want that? I, like I if think, I'm awesome and you suck, we lose, and it's not even it's outside of my control. Like I've how had, infuriating. I've had a, a lot of that same experience. Played a lot of mobas by myself, um, but I did get in with one of uh, my other close friends for a time, and we decided to set up a hero combo. And I think this was Dota 2. And mm. we set up a hero combo that we both enjoyed the hero that we picked. And then we played just that combo. And we demanded the lane together. And we would kick anybody else out of our lane. Or they would just lose like mid or something, right? And mm. and that was the only time that I really enjoyed it, though. Because we started building tactics. We started playing off of each other. We started knowing instinctually when this when they try to sneak around to cut you off and they think they're flanking you i'm gonna teleport behind them and gank them and like and so we didn't have to say it anymore we just knew like more advanced tactics and could play off of them and that was probably the only time that i really enjoyed like fully enjoyed a moba was having a consistent person to play with yeah no i would that that makes sense um i've never really anyone that i've known that's playing mobas is either way more into it than I am. So the, the, the skill gap is pretty large uh, or, right. or anyone else I know just doesn't want to play. So, <laughs> um, so I, I, I've wanted to bring something up. I, I yeah, just, ahead. I don't know if it had an impression on you or not, but for me, the release of the Starcraft two wings of Liberty teaser trailer of the Marine being uh, armored in the barracks um and then coming out with the hell it's i i guess it is tycus yeah because he, he with with the cigar and coming out yeah and, like, but it's before you knew time. who he is yeah it yep. is before you know who he is um but for me i think that was probably the first time actually it may be the only time that my hype for something was as rewarding as the amount of hype that I felt. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, because every other movie, like I try to avoid trailers just because mm-hmm. I don't want to get excited about them because I don't want to be disappointed at how crappy the movie or show or game is. But that was, and, and, and with the fact that like they were speaking to the community, it's been over 10 years since Starcraft we're bringing you a sequel and this is the graphic like that intro i'm pretty sure that was before yeah that was before iron man so like yeah. iron man stole from the starcraft intro like <laughs> right yeah yeah no it's um i was so excited about starcraft 2 when it when it was announced which was interesting because at that point i hadn't played brood war in quite a while so it Same. wasn't like i was constantly playing starcraft just waiting for the next one to come out in fact i you know, I didn't know if they would ever come out with it. I, you know, it's been 10 years to your point. So, um, yeah, I was super stoked about it. And immediately, as soon as they started publishing, um, I don't know if they were called dev diaries back then, but basically Blizzard was putting out early footage of the game and, and having 
their developers play against each other and showcasing different things. And I, like, I remember the first time I saw the Colossus come out and just melt a line of Marines. Yo. And it was like, oh my <laughs> God, that is awesome. Like, I can't believe I the game has that. Being so mad because they turned everything up to 11. But that made me feel <laughs> not mad that everything was up to 11, but it always made me feel like everything except what I have is up to 11. Yeah. That, like, yeah. Like, why would they give Protoss that? Why would they give Protoss freaking Colossus? <laughs> why did the Terrans get another Transformer? So their flying units have chain guns now? Like, right. Oh, so their supply depots just go underground, which encourages wall building because that was a thing? Like, gee, thanks. OP. Right. Please nerf. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. I will say that, and, and I, one of my closest friends that, that plays StarCraft 2 as well is a Zerg player, and he is consistently angry about <laughs> about uh, <laughs> the shortcomings of Zerg. And and I, but I gotta say, like it, and I know Zerg wins world championships, and so it, it's not yeah. it's not fair to say that they're not competitive or something because they certainly are. But it seems like Zerg consistently gets the short end of the stick. Like they didn't have a cliff jumper. I don't know right. if they have anything that can do that now. I think they, well, I think the locusts can now yeah, shoot locusts over a cliff. You can fire them over a cliff, yeah. It's not called a locust. The locust is what the, the swarm host yeah, is what yeah, I'm thinking yeah. of. Um, But yeah, it just, like watching a Baneling roll into a pack of Marines and just liquefy them is always satisfying. It's deeply satisfying. Yeah. yeah I never I mean, get tired of it. <laughs> then again, Zergs never really complained when Ultralisks were able to like ram buildings and burrow move and like Yeah, they, but they're well, so big. They were OP a few different times. They are, and I think that a lot of Zerg stuff comes down to probably it, I think Zerg shows off where the pathing is bad in StarCraft 2 the most. Like, if Zerglings were able to move through other Zerg units so that they could reach the front line, uh, they would, you know, it, that's one of the things that I see. Because, like, Protoss balls and Terran balls tend to ball properly. Like, Terran balls work because you can deploy siege tanks into siege mode and keep them all in the same group and move your Marines and Marauders and Medivacs forward without anything getting out of place and protoss balls everything pretty much moves at just about the same speed with zealots having the charge so they can get out in front but right. zerg balls certain units need to be in certain places and if you just select everything and move them they aren't there zerglings are yeah, if you a move zerg you yeah, lose yeah. pretty much unless nope, it's all no. the same thing right yeah it's uh it's definitely um I don't know. It's definitely tricky stuff. But again, clearly I'm just bad because you know <laughs> it's played at a high level. So whatever. Um, but yeah, Wings of Liberty, I thought was, you know, and here I was complaining about the story, but I will say Wings of Liberty, I thought was was I was pretty impressed by um, the campaign that they take you through and just the the way that you get to, like, upgrade your ship and, and, and the, the way that you upgrade the units, which they do in all three of oh, the yeah. expansions or whatever. So cool. And like, I, I, I like also the all three of them are done differently like mm -hmm. similar but different there's you know right and and i would say that i don't like the story of wings of liberty as much but i definitely love that they gave you those choices in campaign that you have mm -hmm. you feel like you're actually influencing the campaign and even though 
none of the missions like fail if you don't let take this planet versus this planet you still get to do both for the most part right um up till the very end which still cool that the very end you have two options and they actually do dictate the flow of the last mission right but i mean other than that it still feels I would say almost more impactful, like even though you still have both options open for most of your missions, it, you still feel like picking one over the other is a tough choice, even when it isn't. And right. in some games, when it is a tough choice that like an XCOM where picking one means you fail the other, those don't feel as impactful to the XCOM story for some reason, not to get too tangenty, but it, it feels oh, no. like a non-important choice that was obvious that was an unimportant choice still felt like an important one. And I think that's really right. difficult to pull off and I don't really know how they did it. Yeah. I think that, um, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was, I think it's also super cool how they introduce mechanics or modifications to units that don't, um, that don't actually show up in multiplayer because it would be unbalanced, but since it's right. campaign, they just run with it, like being able to call in uh, like supply depots without a build time and just orbitally from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Bunkers, <laughs> bunkers with miniguns on top of them. Oh, and my two God. Extra spaces inside of them. Like, yes. And yeah, but super. I mean, that's and that's a thing that I think they learned from other video games was allowing you to feel the power creep. Like, yes like a red alert or something in the campaign you get you unlock new units but that doesn't really make you feel more powerful and in yeah you move, feel like you're more like just advancing the story right and yeah. and in starcraft it's like oh you're the things that you have are now op like you are just able to deal but then they then you don't care that the computer cheats you want the computer to cheat you want the computer to throw an unending line of units at you so that you can show off how powerful your new six bunker wall of siege tanks behind it is, you know, and mm-hmm. play with those new items. Right, right. Well, and, and it, it, it allows, um, yeah, it, it, it just allows, yeah, exactly what you just said, I guess, really. It's, the thing is, is like a red alert, yeah, you could play through the campaign and slowly unlock stuff, but at any point from the main menu, you could just launch a skirmish game and you have access to the whole tech tree of the game. Right. And so if you've ever done that, then it kind of steals away some of the thrill of unlocking it in the campaign because you already have done it. Yeah. It um, definitely minimizes the feel. Whereas in Starcraft, if you launch a skirmish, you don't get any of those cool toys. Right. Yeah. So well, it, it and I had no idea a reason to go play the campaign. Exactly. Exactly. No, I, I agree completely. Um, and yeah, to your point about the AI cheating, that was something I wanted to mention as well Is like, that's a thing that, and that's why I leaned more heavily into multiplayer when StarCraft II came out, because as a kid, I didn't really understand how the AI cheated. I just thought that it was, you know, cool, the AI plays against you. Once I was older, it was very obvious that the AI just, you know, I mean, it just map hacks and <laughs> knows everything and cheats like crazy. And it's just not actually fun really to play against because it's very easily to manipulate, easy to manipulate once you understand how it works. Oh yeah. Um, and the only way they can make it hard is to just completely break the rules of the game, which is then weird because it's not, <laughs> it's not the same thing anymore. If the, if the unit has 4,000 hit points and it's supposed to have 400, right. what are we doing? You know? Um, but yeah, I thought that, I, I think that, that Starcraft two multiplayer is, 
uh, is really fun. And, and while Brood War multiplayer, I never really watched that much. I well, actually, I didn't watch any of it. I didn't understand that that it was played in Korea at this really high level. I had heard rumors of it, but I you know didn't really know anything about it. And then when two comes out, like I said, we start watching these video videos from from Blizzard, and then. You had like I got really into uh, Husky Starcraft, and I think for you it was more like Day Nine. Yeah, I was a Day Nine fan. But you had all these different personalities that are are from Brood War that are coming out and making these videos where they're explaining how it works and explaining, you know, how to play. And frankly, I, I found Husky to be really entertaining. Um, but all Husky did was was cast games in real time, and he would explain strategy bits in the match, but it was all again in real time. Whereas day nine would pause every 10 seconds if he needed to, right. to really break stuff down. And it wasn't until later that I started watching it. And I mean, yeah, I, I would, I would have to say day nine was a pretty incredible resource. Uh, I, I've definitely like moved towards like, so I watch primarily winter now, um, mm. which is a lot more live stuff. Occasionally a few pauses, but usually only to make fun of something. Um, right. <laughs> but and his just his live video production skills blow me away like hmm. being able to on twitch on the fly like make a meme or flick over to a preset green screen filter that he has to to make a joke is just really good but to to the yeah. point of like day 9 i think i learned more about competitive brood war after starcraft 2 was released than i ever did before because like i i knew it was a thing but twitch wasn't a thing so you couldn't easily right. watch big tournament games you could read about them later like oh there was a big you know i remember when mutalisk stacking was something that they were discussing possibly banning or like modifying and like how that was changing the nature of brood war in korea but it that's that was it though it was brood war in korea you never heard about brood war in europe or brood war right. in the u.s like starcraft right. 2 you have people like there are prominent players from mexico canada all over europe u.s japan you know all over the world there are prominent grandmaster starcraft players playing in various tournament levels from like every and every country with an internet connection has a starcraft grandmaster in it like mm -hmm. yeah 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 i i got really into watching uh korean starcraft 2 um towards the end of wings of liberty and and then kind of going into um heart of the swarm I, I i watched some i've watched some of it since legacy of the voids come out but but not nearly as much most the majority of what i watched was was heart of the swarm um and I pretty much just watch GSL and SSL matches. You know, obviously the 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 Blizzard WCS you know, World Championship that they have at BlizzCon. I, I would do that, but I always actually felt like it was unfortunately a bit underserved because they do it based on region. And you know, I don't know where it is today because again, I haven't consistently watched it in, a, in two or three years. But back then, in, in like 2013, 14, 15 the Korean players were just better. So yeah, you could right. have a Korean play against the North American champion in the WCS finals, but that North American is not getting into the final eight of the GSL tournament in Korea. You know, like they're just not, it's actually it's not really interesting now because I, I feel like Starcraft two has been refined to the point where 
the tactics are so different between like a North American and even like a European, even if they're both Zerg. But like the different matchups, the tactics are so different by location now that there is actually some competitive edges when going up against like Korean players where because they're practicing against Korean players, they're practicing against Korean strategies and just their high APM or their high knowledge of the game or skill doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to win because they're up against tactics that are so different. And so in on the surface, of course, it, it doesn't look like it, you know, when you're spending, you know, the only difference is a very early game change, but it, ha- it makes a big difference in the mid game, you know, 10 minutes later. And, mm-hmm. and I think that there's, I would say that there's still probably, you know, Korean dominance is still something that for most games people just recognize and, and we're okay with, but there is at least some more competitiveness with, you know, like North American Zergs are, I believe Serral is still up there quite a bit and, and a few others. I've, I've missed a lot of it. I've watched, I'll, I've gotten to the point where I've watched so many games that I've like had favorite players and now I just watch everyone that's like Grandmaster and above. <laughs> so I'm now forgetting the people that I was enjoying, you know, six months ago. But yeah, I, I would say I was sure. probably right there with you with like, um, I played Wings of Liberty. And then when I kind of got bored of playing and ba- that is to say completed the campaign and found out I sucked at laddering. Um, <laughs> 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 that's what I started watching pro games. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, but then I came back to playing when Heart of the Swarm came out and played through the campaign, tried to ladder again, got a little bit better. I think that's when I finally hit silver. I I bronzed it hard in Wings of Liberty. Oh, like same. I was, I was like, I I remember complaining to a coworker uh, that I was like the pocket lint league. Like I wasn't really even bronze league because I I was right. at like just like zero MMR like I could not win a match and and then yeah I remember you know, Heart of the Swarm oh, oh no go ahead no no go ahead please I was just gonna say like Heart of the Swarm I think I hit like silver and then dumped out and then went back to pro games and then I just skipped Legacy of the Void because that and I just kept watching pro games ah <laughs> uh, yeah yeah I um. So for me, like I, I did ladder in Wings of Liberty and yeah, I was terrible. The most insulting thing ever was actually when I heard, I don't know if it was day nine or Husky or it might not have been either of them, but one of those personalities and they referred to it as copper because <laughs> it's so far beneath them that they don't even know the the name of it. And it's like, really? <laughs> like, we really don't even know that it's called bronze. Like I'm that <laughs> insignificant that they don't even like, I don't know what the plebs do or whatever. <laughs> No one's actually in that, right, guys? Like, come on. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> everybody's at least silver, right? <laughs> yeah, everyone's at least plat, right? I mean, that's the baseline. <laughs> actually, it turns out that plat is the baseline. Plat oh, is yeah. if you're in the middle of the player base, then you're platinum. So yep. StarCraft actually was very bad for my self-esteem for a while me because too. I was like, you're telling me that I can sit down on the internet and find anyone else in the world and they're always better than me. Just no matter what, yeah. just without exception, anyone else who plays this is like, man, why do you suck so much? Like, really? No one else. Well, not just no that, one else like, is this bad. <laughs> I I didn't. I And like, I think it was even worse because like, OK, so I'm not at, at the time of Wings of Liberty, mid like early mid 20s. So I'm not, you know, 
hitting the age where I can't, my Twitch reactions aren't as good and my memory is fading. Like I've still got a prime brain and good right. muscle control. And I've played RTSs literally almost my entire life. And this is my favorite game. Like, and right. I am in the lowest league and I can't be yeah. not a single person. <laughs> and then the feeling of satisfaction you have from silver is also a backhanded one because you still know that you suck. Like, <laughs> right. Like being in silver isn't in, actually cool. I think I got placed in silver. Like my placement matches put me in silver and I was like, cool. Like I'm, I can work up to gold. No problem. And then just lose, <laughs> lose, lose, demoted to bronze. Lose, lose, lose. <laughs> uh, Cause I remember feeling bad. Cause I, I think that the first conversation was, I got demoted to bronze. And then the second conversation is I might as well be demoted to po- pocket limp league. Right, right. And yeah, I um I I got into gold one time, I think probably in the heart of the swarm era and and I I'd, I'd been placed into silver and I actually won enough games to get placed into gold, but you know, very barely and then I just didn't play any more that season. <laughs> because <laughs> because now whatever your highest rank in a season is is what they will give you credit for at the yeah, end of that, that season. Yeah. But I did Back then, that wasn't true. It was wherever you finished. And so I was like, nope, keeping that on the record. Except that if you go look, it's very obvious that I didn't play very many games. So, and well, who, and who am I showing that off to? Like, <laughs> no one's I, looking no, at I, that, I including it, me. Though. I get it. I get it. You still want it, though. You want it. Some... You want to know. Oh, man. And I, I think now it's actually because I'm pretty sure I because I played some ladder about six months ago or so I picked it back up mm-hmm. and started playing again and learning the new builds and learning some new stuff and did, I was doing fairly well I was actually winning like 60% of my games so I was on my way to moving up I think I placed in high silver and moved up into low gold and was still pretty consistently winning but I think part of that is there are now like six leagues instead of before when platinum was the top and in Wings of Liberty, Platinum was top. I'm, I'm not. I don't think I'm misspeaking there. And then they released uh, Diamond that's... League, and then they released the Grandmasters League. Actually, you know what? I think you may be correct that that. But I mean, it was very quick. That it that was happened. pretty quick actually, that Diamond League came out. But I was going to say, I almost feel like maybe Diamond League was there because they did Grandmaster, and then they did Top 500. Oh, that's right. So I think maybe, maybe Diamond, Diamond was, was the very type. So, but so Gold would have been the middle initially instead of Platinum. Right. Um. But yeah, yeah now there's, I, there's Platinum, Diamond, and Grandmasters, and so getting Platinum is still kind of like, you're you're decent at StarCraft if you're Platinum, but just decent. <laughs> right, yeah, you're, you're decent, but th- and that's what <laughs> that's I mean, like, truly you're thing. in the middle, right? Yeah, that is the well, middle, it's, yeah. It's kind of like in, you know, and again, I'm relating it to sports, which I know is kind of my own <laughs> thing here, but but like in, you know, take like a like professional basketball, for example, let's say that's the pinnacle well, if you go play in in a in a league at the Y, then you're better than someone that never plays, but you're yeah. not as good as like someone who played in college, you know. But the guy in college right. is really the middle, even though to most people the college player is way better than than anyone else. Um, right. But compared to the pros, they're trash, and it's exactly that with with you know the StarCraft ladder system as well. So yeah, I had I had my own experience with ladder, but then I had basically a couple of roommates um, who also played. And one of them, I mean, he would literally play ladder for like 12 hours a day. Sometimes like he would, he would start playing at 2 PM and just 
play a match, win or lose, queue up the next one. Play a match, win or lose, queue up the next one. I mean, he was just numb to to the wins and losses. Right. Whereas, like, I'm a basket case, win or lose. Like, if I win, <laughs> I'm celebrating. Like, well, I got to go buy some wine. Right. Get right. a pizza. And if I lose, I have to go, like, go write poetry and figure out my <laughs> life because I'm so upset, you know? Like, um, well, so, Mom, I yeah. failed again. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm moving back out. home, you know? Right. But, um, but yeah, it was really, it was, it was really fun to, because we could just pull over a chair and then sit and watch him play ladder matches. So that was pretty cool. The problem was, was he got way better than anyone else in the house. So I think I maybe beat him once, uh, but I never beat him twice in a row. And maybe I beat him more than one right. time, but if I did, like never success. Never rush or something. Yeah. Well, just, you know, he, because he knew he was so much better, he would do stupid stuff that he thought was uh... funny. And yeah, maybe that he doesn't was work. To pull a pull a play because he's so much better than everyone that he can. He was. It was really disappointing. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And well, and because I just have like the thing is, is that you know I mentioned very early in, in our discussion here that that I thought the graphics of StarCraft Two were were great, and I'm just kind of a like ooh shiny kind of personality, and Dude. so. Well, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead and finish. I was I, I, I was just going to say, like, I can like I can watch the zealots run across the screen and their little stupid ponytails bounce. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool that they animated their hair. What? Like, why? <laughs> why am I looking at that while my base is being attacked? But I am like, I, I want to watch the zealot charge and slash the thing up or I want to yep. watch the baneling blow it up. But and and the, the guys melt and drop to their knees yeah. and acid and watch the But battles. good players send the banelings and then go back to their base in queen spray and then go back to somewhere else and then come back to the battle. I, I don't do that. I'm really bad at, it's, at, at it's something shifting that my perspective. I, I literally saw today in a video, and I've heard this a few different times, but this is the first time that I've heard a, a guy reason why. I'd heard from a lot of people that say, that, you know, oh, the pros play on the lowest graphics setting. And one of the pros that I watched today, he was casting somebody else's stream just kind of for fun. And he was like, we don't turn down our graphic settings to get some trillionth of a second advantage. We're playing most of the time on like supercomputers. Like it's a 10 year old game. It doesn't, the, right. the max specs today don't give you any, there's no difference between 100 and 110 frames. Like there's none. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's capped at 60 <laughs> or whatever. Right, and, right. But he was like, he's like, the reason that we turn our graphic settings down to the absolute dog minimum, and people will even go registry hack them further to make them even more potato looking, is specifically that. So that they do not, you do not care about the zealot because you're not supposed to, especially if it's a four zealot throwaway push to distract your opponent. Like, right. he, he said, I do that so that I remember that these are chess pieces on a chessboard and not cool flashy. Cause he mentioned the same thing. He's like, I love the side blades on the zealots. I want to go watch them cut mm -hmm. stuff up. And he's like, but if I turn my graphics all the way down, then it just looks like blobs and it's okay. These are the small yellow blobs. I need about 13 of them to go over <laughs> here and they're all going to die. And that's fine. And I don't have to watch it or care what happens. Right. And, and I was like, Oh, that makes a lot more sense than like, them getting an edge in gameplay like for yeah speed on our computer that is interesting. it's just so that's they a, can that... care less 
because yeah for me it's the immortal walk animation like it's you know crab robot i'm all about it <laughs> well i mean i have this weird thing where for my whole life i <laughs> this is gonna sound really stupid i get that but <laughs> i can literally i've spent an embarrassing amount of time watching progress bars <laughs> like when stuff is downloading or yep. copying or whatever like and and I don't have any justification. There is no way that it's cool. I don't know why I do it. I'm an idiot. However, it's true of me. And so when you talk about the four zealot throwaway push, I'm excited to watch the four zealots take two straight yeah. literal minutes to chop down the hatchery. Like, I want to yep. watch that. <laughs> but it's not actually... And that cool. is all. They and just, that's you banking up two thousand minerals in the background, and right, and attacked. then not spending it, right? Yep. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so you know something else that StarCraft Two did that was that was pretty cool was release an expansion. Well, you know, Wings of Liberty isn't an expansion, but whatever. They basically released a game for each race, um, right? Which I thought was really cool when they announced that. I mean, to some extent, it's kind of a money grab, um, but. But to their credit, it did allow them to really flesh out a story for all three races that didn't ever feel like, oh, man, they really had to compress this to right. fit it into whatever window they picked. Um, and you, you mentioned that, you know, Legacy of the Void you were kind of out on, and I would say that was my least favorite. And for me, the, the best of the three is hands down, far and away, uh, Heart of the Swarm. The oh, yeah. One. Oh, yeah. Um, so cool. Like so cool. while it, while each race, I was really mad when just Wings of Liberty came out because I'm like, mm. really, guys, like <laughs> you every other you've set a standard for three races, three campaigns, like six FMVs. Granted, it was a money grab, but giving I mean, they put like two years in between each release. They fully developed each campaign. And I would say that that was the only redeeming quality was that you had lots of full motion videos. You get all of these conversations in between each mission, talking to all of these different characters and interacting with your your ship or your race, you know, in various ways, upgrading and doing things. And that was a lot. So I would say that it was probably worth it. Yeah, still a little bit miffed, but I mean. It, it was, you know, it was disappointing having to wait the two years yeah. for the subsequent ones to come out. But now that it's all one complete package, I think it's a, a good I think it was a, a good decision in the end. No, I think I agree. It, it helped flesh it all out. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't when I saw Feral Zerg, oh, yeah. I was just I was blown away. Yeah, the, I, I was like, wow, I didn't think it could be this cool. Actually, I, did, like, I would okay. never I would never have thought that the Zerg had a race before the Zerg. Right. Like the right. primal Zerg was like this like oh watching the video of the one like eat the other one and instantly grow two more eyes i was just like yes 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 this yes. is where monsters come from <laughs> like that's how you I get know. godzilla right and yeah and even like yeah. kerrigan's transformations i really liked her as a character and like the fact that she goes back to the zerg after jim rayner spends like half of his life being depressed and angry and then finally goes and saves her and has this huge redemption arc and she just <sighs> on that <laughs> like... correct <laughs> yes agreed no i i love that as well um but it's something actually that i've thought about and you know i, I don't know that this is a, a common sentiment because not everyone thinks this but like 
I actually just think that in a trilogy, the second entry in a trilogy is always the best. And I, and I think that that's true because the first one is laying the groundwork for what the viewer or player or whatever it is has to expect. And, and the third one, and so there's a little bit of, of um, limitation in, in its impact because it's, you know, again, it's having to set the stage. And then in right. the third one, it, it kind of has to tie it all up and, and, and provide an end. Now to be clear, I do mean in, in series, you know, like the Iron Man movies, for example, yeah, there's three of them, but they're not really a, a trilogy not, in a that trilogy. way. Yeah, no, I agree. Right. Same for um, like, I mean, even Jurassic Park isn't really a trilogy. Correct. But, but back, like, back to the Future, it, Star Wars, like, and I would agree with Yeah, you. yeah, exactly. Empire Strikes Back is, is the best, right? But that's because, yep. well, there's a lot of reasons, but I think ultimately it's because the whoever is making it has kind of the most room to play because they right. don't, have, don't to have to introduce anything. You don't have to the characters. Yep. And you don't have to, and you don't have to solve up. it. Yep, yeah, exactly. You just get to be like all action and mystery and intrigue. And, and and this is not a popular position, but like I, you know, I personally love the Matrix trilogy, uh, not just the first. Oh, one, yeah, no, I would and, also agree that the the second one's probably my favorite. Like, oh, yeah, film. I mean, the second Matrix, you get you get this fight scene that this action sequence that starts when they go see the Merovingian and then try and leave to go kidnap the Keymaker. From that, like as soon as they leave him and and Neo fights the the Merovingian's guards or whatever, from then on, it is pure action from that time mm-hmm. forward. And it is all awesome. <laughs> like yep. I love that so much. Um, but yeah, and I think that that the, I'm really glad that the Heart of the Swarm was it because I think that the the Zerg are the coolest race that StarCraft introduces. And what by coolest, I just mean like it's the most unique. It's the most, it's its own thing. Right. Now I know it, it borrows heavily from the Tyranid of Warhammer. Oh yeah. Um, so it's not entirely original IP, but it is, um, I mean, Protoss is like, okay, cool. I get it. They're advanced, you know, God aliens. Yeah. They're your, your Tyranid. advanced psyker race. Like it's been right. Right. But to have something that's this weird, evolution based hive mind kind of thing. And you, you don't really fully understand how it works. Like the protoss has a not just bugs (laughs) like, right. right, Exactly. Um, no, I mean it, it, it is, they definitely take it. Yeah. They borrow from Tyranid, but Tyranid are closer to bugs. Like they're not quite starship troopers, just bugs. And I love Tyranids, but the Zerg go their own way. They make it, they intentionally make it kind of more reptilian, which I think is a really good place to lean on, but also Mm -hmm. making it like, it's not just a giant alligator. It's indistinguishable, you know, from that, that distance, but it, it, they, it's that got that kind of visceral feral feel to it, but yet all being controlled, you know, like I said, by a hive mind kind of conductor is, Right. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't know, but I don't know if I had ever brewed more. And I'm sure this isn't the first time it was done. So I don't mean to imply that, but for me personally, I think brood war might've, or not, you know, Starcraft one might've been the first time that I was introduced to the concept of a hive mind. Like, I don't know if I had seen that before because I never watched like Star Trek or any of that stuff. Right. Um, So yeah, I don't know that I had encountered that. And I thought that was a really fascinating idea i mean i definitely think it was the best presentation of that 
even for mm. it, even for its time. I mean, like Starship Troopers was around that era, but uh, never saw yeah. it. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that I did want to kind of bring up, which is again, yeah. like you said, it's one of these little details that I think is so it's, you know, a tiny change can make something from mundane to unique. And that is the specific placement of Kerrigan's wing blades. Really? They are not on her shoulders. Like most characters that have the kind of bony, like shoulder wings or like bat wing kind of thing, they come out of like the shoulder blades. Right. Kerrigan's are seated uh, above her glutes like on the on next to her spine on her lower Hmm. back like they pop out from down low and arc up and over oh yeah i guess that's true when i think about it and it it really shows off in like in i think it's the second one when she fights zeratul in the temple Hmm. you can see it Mm -hmm. a lot there but it's kind of always been that way they've always been there it's just from, you know, the original StarCraft, it looks like, you know, kind of shoulder blades because low polygraphics and all like you're right. dealing with pixels at that point. But yeah, it's just one of those things that I've always like. It's just a really good design choice to like they could have made it wing blades and probably nobody would have batted an eye because it's just that's what you do. But to not do that and instead like force a creative decision to make her again just as alien as the zerg like not something that your brain is not used to seeing is having additional digits being on the lower half of the body like a goro with four arms all coming out of the shoulders great person with dragon wings great nobody's gonna care but like a person with arms coming out of their ass that's up. (laughs) right right yeah yeah almost kind of like a like you said i think very early it's almost a bit of like a horror right. kind of twist to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think that that's something that, you know, you know, obviously this whole series of podcasts is, is, is about blizzard at large. And, you know, and obviously we're talking about Starcraft here, but I think that that's just part of why blizzard has been something that I've loved. Even when I didn't love them, yeah. like even when they've made stuff that I don't really care about, I still have just an enormous amount of respect for them because they've always done such a good job of caring about, every detail like honestly i don't know that i ever would have been able to say what you just did like i don't know that i would have been able to articulate that i don't know if i noticed it once you explained it and i think about it it's like yeah i can i know what you're talking about and you are right it does add that but maybe i didn't even recognize it but that doesn't necessarily diminish it you know what i mean like it still serves that larger theme of this is something unique um and that that's really well, cool. and like I said, I mean, it is a really small detail, and it doesn't. It's not like it impacts the story in any way or anything. But I mean, it's it, it, even things like uh, Kerrigan keeping the hair tendrils when she gets reverted back to a human. Like mm-hmm. I loved that. I was like, that's so. It shows this telling thing that there's still some Zerg in her. It makes mm-hmm. everybody not trust her, and it's this just this defining thing, like. Yeah. So speaking of Kerrigan and ghosts, um, we've got to talk about it. Starcraft Ghost, the the fabled yeah. killed game, the first person shooter. Yeah. So it, it was something that I because I think maybe there was rumors of it even like pre Starcraft two, right? Oh yeah. No, I there was there yeah. was articles done on it. Like they were starting to right. release um, 
not necessarily i'm not sure they did they did gameplay footage but they did gameplay screenshots of of things that you could do in the game yeah i i was always um it it always seemed interesting to me but blizzard you know at that point had never made a shooter so i didn't really know what to what to expect um and it was always something that like I don't know, like as 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 cool or as exciting as it could have been, I felt like they did a, a decent job of not over hyping it to then never release it. Like, yeah, yeah, there was some build, but it wasn't. You know, they're not promising you the moon, and then we just don't get anything. And I'm at I, least I'm pretty sure that it was actually canceled multiple times before it was finally like fully canceled. Like they well, and didn't they just recently do it again? Yeah, and so so that so this was <laughs> that's the funny thing is that. They like just very recently uh, had an announcement leak out that there was another StarCraft first person shooter built in the StarCraft 2 universe that was just canceled. Uh, But Mm. I mean, Blizzard came out and basically immediately responded and said, we're not going to release something that we don't think is perfect, basically. Yeah, and that's what they've always said. And and I will say that that's something that I'm a bit nervous about. I, I like to read about um, the business of video games. And so I've I read some articles where they talk about that Activision is really pressuring Blizzard because they, you know, now they're right. one um, to push. They need more releases and they need more IPs. And, you know, I get it. It's a business that, you know, it's a publicly traded company. They have to right. They have but- other responsibilities besides the art. But that's why Blizzard's always been so great. But like Activision, because, just take yeah. a second and look at EA and what they did to every company they've ever purchased that anyone has ever loved, even for a moment, by rushing them. Well, I mean, let's yeah, I mean, honestly, it's and then just don't do that. Don't do that to Blizzard. Well, the thing is, is like I've always actually been <laughs> somewhat of an EA apologist. Oh God, here we go. I know. Here I we know, go. I know. I know. Well, and, and to be clear, I just simply mean that, like, I think EA gets sometimes too much of a they're the evil overlord of all things and everything that EA touches is, is ruined. Spore. Um, No, no. <laughs> and, well, I mean, honestly, the I mean, the bigger example, in my opinion, at least, and not that Spore wasn't a huge deal, but the biggest and, and most recent example is, is BioWare. Yeah. I mean, BioWare has had two failed games in a row now, starting with with. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, and to some extent, Mass Effect Three was not was <laughs> commercially well loved, yeah. critically loved. Yeah, um, but then Anthem. I mean, I don't even know if you're how familiar yeah, no, with Anthem pretty, you I've, are. I've been pretty it... big in the news lately. So, okay. I mean, I'll, I, I, yeah, I would like, counter with Commander of Conqueror Four, and then Command and Conqueror Rivals, the the mobile game. With uh, yeah, but I feel like the. I, I guess I feel like. Yes. And and that's fair. I guess, I guess I, yeah, uh, to me, Bioware was just like, Bioware was on the level with Blizzard. Like that's Bioware fair. was yeah. another company that was like, oh my God, they just put out fantastic content and everything is wonderful. And like, I played this game called Jade Empire that Bioware put out. That's like a RPG, like Knights of the Old Republic, except it's set in, in Asia and you're, it's like a martial arts oh, right story on. and you, your character's a martial artist and you learn different martial arts techniques and and play it super cool like nothing else i've never still to this day ever played anything that kind of approaches it and yeah i mean they they got bought by ea and or mythic entertainment was a company that made an mmo called dark age of camelot yeah. which is very near and dear to my heart 
Well, Mythic went on to make Warhammer Online, which was a fantasy Warhammer based uh, MMO. Tons of hype, tons of, of stuff. And then right towards the end, they they got bought by EA. And I mean, that game, I don't even know if it made it two years before they shut the servers down. Right. Like it crashed and burned. I mean, I think everybody's um, been worried about Activision buying on Blizzard. And especially with kind of the recent announcements of their, you know, Diablo mo- mobile game and heavy right. microtransactions in starcraft now granted starcraft 2 is like eight years old so sure if you want to make money off that fine well and that's i mean and that's the model right i mean if you look at mobas i mean mobas are all free and they all have i mean if you bought everything you could buy in league of legends you would spend thousands of on thousands of i mean that's true so that to some extent that is the model for free games is heavy microtransactions it feels and that's why i was saying earlier that i wish that starcraft 2 almost would have came out after the MOBA yeah, surge. so that because it would have been then, normalized. Right, and then they could have just launched with that, and, and so then everyone would have been like, okay, fine, that's just how it works. As opposed I'm almost to now, afraid it that feels a little bait-and-switchy. At that point, though, like maybe the map editor and like games made in the map editor would be... And maybe there is some room to say, like, hey, maybe these designers should have been able to do paid mods and like gotten some payment through blizzard and blizzard charge for arcade games and have there be like a split but at the same point in time like also no <laughs> i don't know i mean that's what dota 2 does yeah. you know dota 2's item is dota 2 unlike league of legends gives you access to all of the characters 100 right. plus whatever it is but you can buy cosmetic stuff skins effectively mm. and a lot of that stuff is designed by the community and split between the creator and valve yeah. so there is a template that exists now. Obviously, Valve is not Activision Blizzard, no, so they've got their own problems, <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, and they've got their own, yeah, their yeah, their own way of doing things. Um, but no, I mean, I agree. yeah, I don't know. I think I, I think that my biggest thing really is just that for such a successful universe, for such a successful IP, to see essentially two games in twenty years. Like mm-hmm. is just now granted. I mean, there's tons of people that like you know Battle Toads and Metroid, and and those fans have been waiting a long time for anything decent to come out. But <laughs> it's not to say Battle Toads fans, dude. Hey, are you are you really? Are we gonna get into this? I I mean uh, I mean I guess I mean it's it's a it's a weird beat 'em up from the early nineties. It is an that... amazing beat 'em up with very iconic <laughs> characters. I will have you know, <laughs> dearly loved. <laughs> I played Final Fight more. You know what I wow. mean? Like wow, yeah, I really did. I played like a lot of Hagar in my life, a lot of Cody and Jake. You know, so. <laughs> so Starcraft is. Uh... <laughs> But no, I mean, like, uh, I just, I, I want more. I want more StarCraft. That's the that's the end goal of that. I would be happy if just the Blizzard cinematic team wanted to split off and make a movie. I don't care what the movie's about. I don't care how it ends. Just give me two hours <laughs> of straight StarCraft in a theater and I'll buy six tickets. Like, <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. That's fair. Um, yeah, well, I don't know. The Warcraft movie, I don't but think. But it wasn't done by the Blizzard cinematic team. Oh, okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. They try to do live <laughs> action. Like, just get just out of make, here. Just a whole, all hundred percent Blizzard. No, right. no yeah, outside yeah. involvement. 
But yeah, I think that, you know, like I said earlier, I think that StarCraft, the StarCraft IP still, to me, is the definitive RTS. And like I said earlier, you know, Company of Heroes uh, is played competitively. And, and that's made by Relic, who makes the Dawn of War 40K right. series. Um, and, and that is actually one of the only other modern RTS brands or whatever you want to call it, developers, that I thought did try and do some interesting things yeah, they tried that to StarCraft switch, doesn't do. Stuff up. I loved their resource management. Yeah, they got away from, from SCV Mining. worker yep. type stuff. Mining mm-hmm. a node. And they got away from, they, they introduced squads yep. and they introduced terrain cover. Um, and I thought that was all neat. But in the end, I don't know, StarCraft just always is the, the quintessential RTS experience. Like the other things feel like derivatives of StarCraft. Well, and even if something you know, that Games Workshop <laughs> as being the IP owner always pushes for is spreading very like a mile wide but an inch deep they spread for every race every story everything but they didn't actually develop you don't care about any of it they playing dawn of war feels like playing with little pieces that are animated like it feels more like a board game it feels like a hex map board game where starcraft like you said i i tons of times catch myself just watching watching like i would go into editors just to be able to put like one of each unit so that I could see what this guy's death animation was from every single unit. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just want to see yes. everything kill a Marine and then everything kill a Marauder. And then, and like, it's just, it's always good. Have you ever played the arcade games where you, I don't know, I can't remember what they're called now, but where like you basically just build buildings and the buildings automatically generate a unit on a timer. Yep. And it's kind of like the like Nexus, tug of war. Nexus Wars and yes, uh, Direct yes. Strike is the new one, which is actually looks pretty good. Huh. Um, but yeah, those is exactly like I've played. I've sunk. I mean, you know, not countless, but I don't know, probably more than than 30 hours into playing those games over the years. And it's exactly because of what you're talking about, because it eliminates any need to 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 be <laughs> present at playing the game. <laughs> yeah. You just drop buildings, and then you can just watch yep. stuff melt each other for a long time, and it's I love it. It's satisfying. Win or lose. It is. Yes. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think StarCraft, it, it's something that's been a part of my uh, gaming thinking you know, since I was introduced to it. And even though there was a lull between 1 and 2 where, where I wasn't really playing... I always still thought of it as, as kind of the pinnacle and then two came out and I've continued to think that even though I don't play two anymore, I watched pro matches. This is probably a year ago now. And I was like, wow, that looks really fun. Like I'm going to have to get back into that. And then as soon as I tried, I was like, Oh, right. I don't, I can't make any of the guys do <laughs> what, what they're supposed I to mean, do. Like, I, I basically hit that point where I was like a week into laddering and actually pretty successfully. So like I watched some stuff huh. on builds. This was, like I said, maybe three or six months ago, I watched some build orders. I learned that Zerg isn't as painful to play with anymore. And like getting kind of excited and about, yeah, a week, maybe two weeks in was just like, I would have to spend at least four hours a day doing this. And for mm-hmm. what? Like, mm-hmm. so is it that much yeah, fun? Am I it's not to that me, much fun. actually. I'm not very competitive right. to begin with. So, right. Yeah. yeah. I well, So to speak, to kind of piggyback off of that, have you have you ever messed around with the, the co-op 
the new co-op mode that i don't mean yeah no I don't the, mean where you PvP. get like the leaders and stuff the commanders, yeah, the commanders yeah have you ever messed with that a little bit but it just again a lot of that cash grabbiness comes out there where like all the commanders that are good are like 15 dollars each or whatever do you own legacy of the void no. okay so if you own legacy of the void it shipped with that mode and like a few I don't know, maybe 10 yeah. of the commanders there's right. still more and like i mean i could I, even this week or this month on amazon or something maybe it was last month the uh one of the commanders was available for free through amazon prime on twitch so i could have picked it could yeah. be picking them up but i just I, I mean i messed around a tiny bit but even that i don't know it's just for me it's so much of a spectacle to watch especially if a good caster is is able to cast yeah. the matches and even like one of the other things that winter does that that i think is so hilarious and great is as much as he casts like actual professional big time matches he will also get his twitch viewers to donate to a prize pool and then offer that prize pool to other grandmasters to do things like an eight player battle royale in, in starcraft 2 of oh, all yeah, that's of cool. all grandmasters and no alliances allowed through like the alliances menu and everything you say has to be in all chat. So if you want to ally nice. with other people, everybody gets to know you're trying to do that. And right. it's like it's funny huh. because these are all grandmasters, they're all laddering together. So they'll be like, "No, you BM'd me a week ago." And so <laughs> I'm not going to quit attacking your base. I'm going to kick you out. And it's like and eight player matches of grandmasters that take an hour to beat. And watching Grand, like you don't see an eight-player free-for-all of Grandmasters. You see an eight-player free-for-all of high school kids, like like I right. did. But they act like high school kids too. They're just way better at the game. So it's really fun to. It's, right. it's a good, enjoyable time to sit down for an hour with a bag of Cheetos and just hammer out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I, I mean, I would say for me the really the turning point when I stopped watching pro matches really, really consistently was I think it was 2015 or 16. There was this guy named life who was a, a Korean Zerg player. It was, it was nuts. I mean, he was winning. He, he won the WCS and, and he won GSL and, and he was winning. I mean, he played, he, 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 not that he didn't use the entire Zerg tech tree at one point or another, cause he did, but he was so good with Zerglings. Like he was beating, Hellbats with Zerglings. He was beating all sorts of stuff that you're not supposed to be able that are supposed to be the counter right. to Zerglings because he could control individual Zerglings so well. And I don't, I mean, it was nuts to watch. Unfortunately, after he won one year, the next year he was actually arrested because it was discovered that he had been involved in match fixing. Uh... Um, and now he wasn't match fixing at, at, in those the match fixing doesn't exist at the at the highest end of the competition, right. like at the at the at, at the WCS, for example. It's typically earlier in the GSL. So, like, if you know, maybe you lose in the round of thirty-two, right. and and you know, whatever. Um, but honestly, it, it it you know, on the one hand, yes, it's you know, cheating, it's amoral, whatever you want to say, but it's also just a symptom of the problem with the way that that those guys are are paid out because right. to get a payday you have to finish in the top like four mm -hmm. and if someone comes to you and says hey i'll pay you more. almost as you would make yeah yeah or more if you throw then it's like well then yeah the and <laughs> it turns out that that's actually just a problem that kind of plagues individual dual sports there was a huge scandal a few years ago with professional tennis 
where there was it was found that there was a ton of match fixing because in a one-on-one thing you only have to convince one person to be in on it right and, and it's fixed whereas in like a team game it's way harder to yeah, do if that one even person if you get one guy then it's either going to be obvious or the other team could still win or like your right. team could still win even if the guy's throwing Ex- yeah exactly exactly it's harder to, to affect the outcome in that way um so yeah i don't know after that i was kind of deflated and, and i've been back you know a few times since like i said to dabble but never never as committed as i was at that time uh in the most to, recent to watching it. uh wcs i think it's wcs qualifiers that were going on that i was watching um you're talking about zerg micro and and zergling micro being insane and there is one other player that at first, I was like, I was really salty and against him because, like, seriously, this makes me mad. But after seeing <laughs> him go up against so many other Grandmaster players doing essentially the same thing, I started to get impressed. And that was a guy who goes by uh, printf, and all he does is cannon rush. That's that is <laughs> it. But it is they are so like they are so different from like somebody just dumping a pylon in your base. Like he's building pylon walls and rebuilding pylons and canceling things to like time things out in different manners and he can switch over and play mid game but his like even his mid game is really different from a lot of other protoss mid games like he doesn't play the meta that everybody else plays and it was like seeing like at first i was like dude a cheesy cannon rusher is taking out like four or five guys in a row what is this like somebody please get this guy off of my bracket like they don't deserve to be here but after watching some other games i was like holy crap these are like the amount of meticulous micro that he's putting into a cannon rush is insane and i had to i had to give him some props like that was yeah that's something that's that's really interesting to me about starcraft is that they a lot of games would not let would not allow there to be a mechanic in like that in which like you can just lose in the first two minutes over and over right. again, because it's not fun when you lose to the cannon rush and, and you suck, you know? Um, but they do in Starcraft. If the other person wants to cheese you, you can beat it. I mean, I'm, there's no cheese that's unbeatable, yeah, yeah. but you depending on their level to, to exactly to, to your point, like if you get a pro guy cheesing you, it's super hard to stop that. Like you have to really, and it's, it's crazy because it's like, they make one decision that they're going to cheese. And now your entire game has to change. Even if the cheese doesn't win or lose for either party and you do transition in a mid game, it's just now a totally different game right. than it would have been. Otherwise, if both people got to go to their natural, well, and get a but third that's and, it is like one know. of the biggest advantages in a game like that is you want to dictate your enemy's flow so that you can always be countering them if you Mm -hmm. force them to make light units by doing some kind of cheese and making them over invest well you know they have to counter that and so now all you have to do is make units that counter those light units and so you know and and you've already so you're already playing one step ahead and now you're forcing them to counter those which makes them build this and and that kind of style, like anything that forces the dictation of the gameplay into your hands, just as well, though, destroying that cheese can put you way behind. And now your opponent is dictating the flow, you know. Right. And so it's that yeah, yeah. kind of push and pull that and those are the things that I find I, I love watching. There's so many intricate little things that go into it. And I don't 
I understand like the high, of course, I mean, I've played the game. I know what most of the units do and stuff, but I don't understand like the full mathematical calculation on like the difference in mid game economy versus taking this building at 20 seconds versus at a minute or whatever. But just knowing that those strategies are there and knowing like, oh, well, if you only have two guys on gas, that means that your opponent is going for zergling speed, but not going to do any early aggression. And it's like, right. what? Like, like those are yeah. things that people are looking out for. Like The the nuance in those games is is, is crazy. Like, I, I remember watching, and I'm sure there's tons of matches where this is true, but I remember watching a pro match once, a Korean game, where the, the Terran player had built his barracks with the um the tech lab that was researching stim that was his wall building on the ramp and the zerg player over and over, like literally three times in a row baneling just that tech lab and stopped the stim research before it finished right. within like 10 seconds of when it was going to mm-hmm. complete and it just completely rolled the terran i mean it's only one match but it's just like it's crazy that you can <laughs> that they because they can see when the tech lab's yep. active and if the guy hasn't stimmed yet they can guess that it's probably stim that he's researching well and then there's and there's counter there's mind games that go on like a, a pretty popular thing now is like in a in a terran versus zerg if you're making the banshee the little helicopter missile guy and you're usually you want to get like two of them and cloak because you can beat the Zerg's detection timing if they don't have spore crawlers and get a bunch of worker kills, right? Well, mm-hmm. if the Zerg player gets an overlord into your base and they see the tech lab, you know, whirring and buzzing and flashing, they know if you have a, a starport with a tech lab, you're researching cloak because you're not researching, right. you know, Yamato or energy or anything. Right. And and so what a lot of Terran players will do if they get scouted is then kill the Overlord with a couple of Marines and then cancel the Banshee and the Cloak. Because right. now the Zerg player is going to go build air defenses and invest heavily in Queens. And so instead they may switch over to a mech style play and build a bunch of Hellions instead because the Zerg player is expecting that air attack. And the mind right. game is like, okay, mm-hmm. if I kill their Overlord, do they cancel their sport crawler? because like do you think are you going to bet that your opponent is bluffing with the cloak are they trying to and there will be players that will put one building kind of out in the open so that your opponent scouts it but actually be hiding buildings you know back in their main to try and fake the other player out i think it's like the mind games are is so much greater than just what's on the screen Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, for me, because I suck, my the extent of my mind game is, oh my god, he's dropping on the left side of the screen. Oh my god, he's also dropping on the right side of the screen. Oh my god, I just lost. And that's <laughs> that's the mind game is that they dropped right. in two places at once. That was it. So, <laughs> yep. I mean, I can't um, a double drop. I can't deal with very well. I mean, like, oh I would god, love so to, frustrating. I would love to be the person that could pull those off better. I've, I have done, I did do a two-pronged attack against somebody a few months ago and felt really good about winning because nice. I attacked from two directions at once. <laughs> but I pincer. probably stopped during that attack <laughs> to just watch everything happen. I didn't macro behind To it, celebrate so. your victory yeah, prematurely. I was like, I'm right? attacking from two places at once. Let's see how he handles this. <laughs> I bet you didn't think of this, dummy. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I, uh... Yeah. Well, I think uh I think this was a good love letter to StarCraft. I think um 
it's something like I said earlier, it, it, it's it's been super important to me for a long time. And I'm, I'm really glad that we got to, to kind of explore it and talk about it, because it's if you haven't, you know, if any of the listeners haven't checked out Starcraft, which I can't believe you would have clicked on this if you haven't. <laughs> but um, it's it's super cool. And if you haven't checked it out since 2010, when it dropped, like to Brett's point. I mean, I didn't, you know, I've even followed it for years after launch and I didn't even know some of the balance changes that they've made at this point, like multiple queen sprays on a, on a hatchery at once and that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's cool that it's ever evolving and it's cool that, um, that they, that, that it still has that pro scene and it does still have a following that it didn't just die out, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think that, uh, it's been a hugely impactful thing on my life. I think it, largely kind of brought esports gaming kind of to the mainstream you know i think it was definitely one of the breakout cases and and i'm glad that it stuck around to to continue bringing that kind of stuff to uh to people nowadays yeah yeah for sure um all right well i think uh i think we'll call it a wrap for for us talking about starcraft at this point um yeah we'll be back soon with another another episode about another blizzard ID. Yeah. So look forward to that. Have folks. a good one, everyone. Thanks everyone. 